0: have you guys taken more walks in the past year? Because I have. And I think it's because that was obviously a safer way to interact with people. But I realized, I looked on my little, I have the Strava app. I don't know if you use any apps. I used to run and I still do occasionally. But now I like, I want to count all my steps. So I put it in my Strava app and I looked. And it says that I did 89 walks since the pandemic last year. And I write it down. I try to write little notes like who I was with or, you know, the map shows me where I was. I walked with 30 different people and eight dogs, none of which were mine. But some of you here in this room walked with me. And we walked by the Ohio River. We hiked trails. We walked through downtown city streets. We walked through lots of different city parks. And it was so nice because The difference in walking than, like, when I was running or when, you know, when you're just running errands is that you kind of look around, right? It's a good pace. You can have a conversation with someone. And I don't know about you, but seeing things is pretty cool when you walk together. Now, I was very brave because I used to hate being out in the cold. But I was trying to keep the mantra of Scandinavia, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing, So I tried to layer up a bunch and figure out how to walk in the winter. And now that it's spring, if you see my social media feeds at all, sorry, it's full of flowers. Because I'm obsessed with the flowers right now. And though it's fun to go walk just down the street to the Magnolia Grove here to see the red buds blooming right now, I really like to do that with other people. Because it's more fun to share in the beauty of nature or whatever scenery I see with other people. Now, the thing about walking, too, is that you can get into conversation and it can be awkward because you're outside. You know, if you've got, you kind of have moments of silence. It's not super awkward because you're looking around. And maybe nobody knows that you haven't said anything for a while. Or if you have something really hard that you need to say. You're not even making eye contact because someone's beside you, right? If you fumble with your words, maybe they won't even notice because there's birds chirping or cars going by, there's just something about taking a walk where you find a little bit more space to be brave, to speak truth, to be a little bit vulnerable. And if you reveal such vulnerability, it just feels more comforting to know someone is by your side, very literally, but also figuratively as you process whatever's going on with you. Now, we're going to talk today ...about a walk that Jesus took with some of his followers. And what, to me, I want us to note is that walking is about companions heading in the same direction together. And we're going to see that today. Let's catch up from where we were. Last week was Easter, Jesus' resurrection. But we looked about Jesus' death and his resurrection and how that applies to us communally, together. And so we did that by looking at different groups of Jesus' followers... And how they reacted to his death and his resurrection. Well, I didn't want to end there. I just felt like there's these little stories after the resurrection. And sometimes maybe they get overlooked. And I wanted to make sure we read through them today. And as our staff was looking through these stories, we realized there's a common theme here. There, there's a lot of grief that they are still processing. And Jesus helps them. And the grief comes out in all these different forms. And you'll probably find some that you can relate to. So we've got our new series and we're calling it Good Grief. Channeling a little cartoon to make it a little bit more fun for us today. But truly, we're going to go through and consider all the ways that we process our grief, but how Jesus does not abandon it, abandon us in those moments. We're going to be in the book of Luke chapter 24 today. We're going to stay there all day. If you want to use a pew Bible, it's page 749. Have an app. We're going to have the verses on screen, wherever you'd like to follow along. But today's story, it happened on Sunday afternoon of the resurrection. So if you recall, in the morning, the women go to the tomb, see an empty tomb, meet an angel, run into Jesus, figure out he's alive again. Then they go tell the other apostles who were not believing them. And then Peter and John go run to the tomb too, and they see an empty tomb. All that's in the morning. And if you remember last week, we saw that Jesus actually appeared to all the 11 apostles who were hiding behind locked doors by evening. So this is the story that happens in between here. On Sunday afternoon, we're going to read from Luke 24. We'll begin in verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. The way that's worded, kept from recognizing them. Like, Jesus is doing this on purpose. There's something going on here. Why? Maybe he wants to get their true reaction without pretense. Maybe he wants brutal honesty and he just wants to kind of see what's going on here. As we noted, walking is about companions going in the same direction together. And I think for some reason this story has struck, stuck in my brain, struck me so powerfully. Because the God and the creator of all is taking a walk. He's doing something very personal with people. And I learned this story in my junior year of high school, and somehow it's never left my mind that Jesus walks along with us, that the creator of the universe has a conversation and he offers mentoring and care, but it makes me think God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve, and this has always been his way to walk with his followers. Let's keep reading in verse 17. Jesus asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still. Their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there these days? What things? Jesus asked. Those words stood still, downcast. That's a heavy grief. And Jesus obviously knows why they're grieving. Quite literally, he knows. But yet, the wonderful counselor that he is, he asks them, What things? What's going on? What are you feeling right now? And I love that he observed that they were feeling low. He saw their grief and he asked them to express it. Let's keep going. About Jesus of Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped he was going to be the one to redeem Israel. So we talk about that grief can appear in all different forms. And it brings up a lot of various emotions as we work through grief in our lives. And for Cleopas and his friend right here, the first thing we see is they have dashed hopes. They had hopes for Jesus and Jesus was not what they expected. And the way they said redeem Israel implies a very political situation. Like they thought maybe Jesus would be an earthly king, that he would make a difference for Israel as a country. And yet that's not what Jesus' plan was. And while Jesus, he had a different change in mind, systemic change, disrupting religion and reminding people that it wasn't about rituals. It was about developing a deeper relationship with God. But somehow it had gotten lost along the way. So Jesus had his plan. And they had their vision of who he was. So I think they felt like, well, this was a fail. Their hopes were dashed. At times, we place our hope in human systems. And there's a lot of us in this room who have civic participation in our communities because we want to work through the systems that exist to make things better for people. But when the people part gets lost in the systems, that's when it fails. And so our hope is in Jesus himself, but our goal is to live like him no matter what system we are placed in, whether we are serving our government and civic systems, whether we're serving here in the church. If it's not about Jesus, then it's not focused on the right way. Jesus wanted to redeem us. Even through broken systems, we can serve and represent him. Let's move on to verse 21. This is Cleopas and his friends still talking. And they said, what is more, it is the third day since all this took place, the crucifixion, Jesus' arrest. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Well, now besides dashed hopes, we see a little bit of like confusion. There's a little bit of disbelief. Like, well, well the women said one thing, and, but the guys didn't see anything. And it's just a nice little note to believe women. I want to thank all the men of Echo Church because you guys believe women. And we need you and appreciate you. That's my side note here. And then Jesus responded by saying this. How foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. This is interesting to me and I get a little bit... I don't know. Anytime there's like, there's words like foolish and slow to believe. And I'm like, what is, what's the tone here? We don't have emojis. We don't have little exclamation points um, and little characters to know. Like, what is Jesus's actual tone here? Like, for me, I don't feel like he's degrading them for, for not believing, but maybe just kind of saying, I mean, maybe you kind of do you have friends who are like fluent in sarcasm and snark. Like, I just feel like maybe Jesus is like, guys, guys, seriously. Like, really, like we can do this together, right? You're, you're, you're confused, you're not believing people, you're, you're questioning. Let's just, let's come together, let's figure it out. And I also visualize Jesus as, like, enjoying the moment when the light bulb goes off, when the pieces come together, when it clicks. Because if you enjoy something, do you like showing it to other people? Like, you're like, oh, I, I just have this thing, and it is really cool, and here's how you do it. And then when someone grasps it and and enjoys it as much as you do, that brings you extra joy. So I feel like that's Jesus' mentality here. I don't feel like he's laboring to go through all these scriptures again, but to be like, look, this is real. These verses that these guys had memorized since they were kids, it's real. I think Jesus had a joy in teaching it to them. And finally, verse 28 As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Quick pause. Hospitality was huge in this culture. And one commentator noted that if you look throughout the book of Luke, every time Jesus is invited to dinner, he says, Yes, that's a God I can relate to. When he was at the table with them, He took bread. He gave thanks. He broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened. They recognized him and Jesus disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They returned once to Jerusalem and found the 11 and those with them assembled together and said, it is true. The Lord has risen. It's kind of funny because, like, Jesus sits down and then he, like, takes over his host. Like, I got this. Got the bread. He broke it. Gave thanks. Now, whatever way he was, you know, not known from them. You know, they, did, they, they didn't recognize his identity that whole walk. And now something very simple when he sits down for a meal with them. And suddenly they can recognize him. And I wonder if it's in this moment that, that he purposefully reveals himself. In community, just being able to look at them, being able to eat with them, to break bread, just as he had done at the Passover meal, the Lord's Supper, just as he had done when he there was a miracle of the loaves and the fish. He broke this bread. And there was something familiar about that. And he gave thanks to God. After all, eating is a meal together, just like the walk, right? It's very companionable, it's very personal. When we have meals together, we can share in openness just like we feel on our walks. So, to summarize, Jesus approached Cleopas and his friend where they were. He walked at their pace. He saw their grief, he recognized what was going on, and he asked them and he listened. These are all wonderful things for us to imitate with one another. Jesus took time to help them in their confusion and take them the next step. To say, this is who I am. This is why my death and resurrection are real and they matter. Now, as we read through these verses, perhaps it's brought to your mind times when you've had your own grief. And it's maybe brought some confusion. Because when we're in our lowest times, what's the one question we ask often? why it feels confusing to know why is this going on and at sometimes we get the answers to that question but sometimes we don't but in this scripture today i want us to look at three things number 1 remember jesus is approachable i hope you'll walk with the creator who wants to walk with you and even though jesus is not on earth today As we talked last week, he promised his spirit to be with us in a very mysterious way, but we trust that his presence is with us and wants to walk by our side. We have a God who cares about us personally in every detail. Number two, know that confusion is okay. Confusion is not sinful. It happens to everybody. When you experience grief, no one has a map for that. No one has a plan to say, when you experience this awful pain in your life, this is how to deal with it. Nobody knows. Grief ebbs and flows and confusion can be really hard at times. But know that it's okay because we can all understand it. Your reason for why confusion is in your life is, is a trauma that you've experienced. And I, I don't fully know that, but I've experienced my own. And so I want us to look around at each other and know that we can trust one another with our confusion because everybody can relate. At some point in our lives, everybody can relate. And that's why number three is we need to be available to represent Jesus. Just as the way that Jesus showed up to Cleopas and his friend, and he was unrecognizable, I think sometimes the presence of Jesus, we might not recognize him, Until after the fact. Because sometimes the way Jesus shows up in your life is through someone else. Jesus' spirit working within another person's life to show up to you. Can you think of a time when you felt the unending love of Jesus through another person? When his truth came out through someone else's words at just the right time? When someone gave you grace when you needed it most? That's Jesus walking with you, and he chooses to use other people. But the thing is, we need to be those other people. There's times when we are called to go be the presence of Jesus. Because if his spirit is in us, then when we show up, he shows up. That's our challenge. To look around and notice other people's grief. To notice other people's confusion. And we may not have all the answers, but we can be present, and we can listen, we can care. I got one more walk for us to think about. Have you ever walked along with a little child? I have to tell you, it's been a number of years since my teenager was tiny. But this past week, I had the blessing to hang out with one of our Echo kids. Uh, She accompanied me to the zoo because I wanted to see tulips. Yes, I know there are animals there. But again, I'm obsessed with the flowers. So we walked along together. And as you notice that with a little kid, their steps are a little different than you. So you got a different pace going on. Sometimes they're slow. Sometimes they get really excited and run really fast and you have to run and keep up. <sighs> but the one thing you'll do is they'll point things out to you, right? They see details that you don't notice at your height. And sometimes they ask questions. And sometimes they're really hard questions. And they think you have the answer when you don't. But they hold your hand anyway. They trust you. They expect you to protect them. Now, adulting is hard. And at times, I would rather go back to being that little kid. I want to hold somebody else's hand. I want somebody else to have the answers. With Jesus, we can be as vulnerable as a child. In fact, he asks us to. In Luke 18, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Jesus showed compassion and care and patience to Cleopas and his friend. And it looks like the same compassion and patience and care we might offer to a little kid holding our hand. And Jesus didn't care about their age. He saw their confusion. And so to me, that gives me permission. And I hope you feel permission too. It's okay to feel confused. It's okay to let Jesus hold your hand. And when you find that strength, you can go and take a walk with others. Because remember, whether young or old, a walk is simply about companions heading the same direction together. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for this story that we can see you care enough to take walks, to notice what's going on in people's hearts. Thank you for caring about us and our grief and our confusion. Thank you for giving us people in our lives who will walk beside us. Help us to be that person to someone else. Help us walk with others and bring your presence into their life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.